Just flattened the uh, Roman Reigns starter kit and Taz Jr. Has Taz Jr. been struck by lightning in the past? Why is his beard white? That is out. This is Jake Stay Properties. This is Teddy DiBiase, the main hour man. Hey, this is Bob Baffling. Hey, everyone, this is Rick Stanley. This is the Honky Dog Man, the greatest WWE Intercontinental Champion of all time. This is your wrestling show, Ottawa. Heck, they could use you guys over in WWE. You're listening to the greatest wrestling show in the whole wide world. This is Wrestling With Ideas. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. I am your host, Colin the Music Man Scully. I'm going to be going solo this week as the man with no excuses, Jonathan Skuse, could not make it in this week. Now, I had mentioned on Twitter and on Facebook that I was going to be doing an interview this week with Tito Santana. Now, due to a scheduling conflict, that interview sadly will not be taking place this week but I will be working to try and ensure that that interview does happen at some point in the near future. As well, second announcement that I have, I had teased earlier that I was going to be announcing the new show lineup yesterday, meaning Wednesday. I, I did announce it on Wednesday on Twitter, but I'm announcing it here on the radio show. I had announced that it was going to be beginning in September, but I thought, oh, what the hell, let's just start it next week. So the new show lineup basically just has one show added to it, and that is going to be called Wrestling with NWO Ideas. Basically, it's going to be a mini-series documenting the history of the world's most infamous faction. Um, it should... I don't know how long it's going to go. It depends on how many... Uh, how small I want to break it down. But I'll be posting an update along with the first episode next week. As for that. And so the lineup is now going to be Wrestling with... Wrestling with ideas, wrestling with old school ideas, and then wrestling with NWO ideas. So without further ado, let's get straight in to the news and the results from this past week's TV. B-team, B-team, go, go, going straight into Monday Night Raw from August 6th, 2018. The B-team got some new music. Let's listen in. This, of course, being the successor to this, the old B-Team theme. I'll let you guys be the judge on that. Of course, now we also had the return of Ruby Riot after the Riot Squad defeated Bailey and Sasha Banks with the help of Ruby Riot, obviously. This match was entertaining, but it's not exciting. It's just a staple of Raw. 
when you have Bailey versus Sasha Banks, who were supposed to blow up into what was supposed to be the biggest feud in terms of divas in 2018. But, of course, whatever. That happened. Uh, also, Seth Rollins needs some help, as it was announced in the opening segment that he was going to be teaming with Roman Reigns, apparently. Or in the second segment, rather, that featured Roman Reigns. The second out of six. If we're talking about overusing Roman Reigns, this past Monday Night's Raw was a perfect example of that. Anyways, Roman Reigns was banned from competing by Baron Corbin, from tagging with Rollins, and Rollins lost his now handicap match against Ziggler and McIntyre. If there were only a third guy. Razor defeated Titus O'Neil. Usual status quo of boring tag team booking, blah, blah, blah. Elias, apparently they said his documentary wasn't good enough. He tried to doc- he tried to direct his own documentary until Lashley came in and screwed it up. Whatever, who cares? We had the return of the Kevin Owens show. And his guest this week was his personal guru, Jinder Mahal. Of course, he shouted Shanti at Mahal to, pursue, to persuade the Maharaja to fight in a match that Owens goaded him into. Owens is enacting the revenge here on Strowman. He cost the big guy two wins, and he's proven that his ability to get under Strowman's skin might end up winning him the briefcase. Bobby Roode defeats Bojo Raleigh in a match that actually wasn't all that bad. It was, I mean, it was a good match stemming from the feud in the locker room, or the fight in the locker room last week. Rude beat him. WWE did nothing to save this feud's happening again. Although, it'd be a good filler match on the SummerSlam pre-show. Also, Finn Balor comes in, and we were given the rubber match that no one wants between Finn Balor and Constable Corbin on Summers- at SummerSlam. Now, there was an interesting promo cut, promo interview, whatever you want to call it, cut by Paul Heyman talking about what happened the week before with Brock Lesnar. I'm going to play the entire thing and then we'll talk about it and then we'll get into some other talking points. Paul, I really appreciate you being able to sit down with me tonight. Now, last week when Monday Night Raw ended, it appeared that you and your client... Sorry that um, Brock Lesnar and yourself have severed your business ties. Where do you and Brock Lesnar stand right now? I don't know. Um, Brock Lesnar has disconnected his phone number and I've tried to reach him through intermediaries and I, I, I don't know where we stand. So you've not spoken to Brock Lesnar at all since last week? No. Okay. Uh, well, Paul, I and, and, and not that I haven't wanted to, but obviously he doesn't want to take my phone call. Paul, I understand. You know, I have a problem with this, guys, to be honest. Um, Brock's not going to like this. I mean, I'm, I'm out here talking in public about this. This is kind of like a private matter. It's just going to piss him off more. We can go from your point of view if you like. I mean, it seemed abundantly clear last week that Brock Lesnar does not consider you his friend, that you're his employee. Do you consider Brock Lesnar... You're really enjoying this, aren't you? Like, I have this coming. 
Like no. I deserve this. Paul, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of what exactly happened between you and Brock. So am I. So do you consider Brock Lesnar a friend of yours? Yes, I do. And my children consider his children to be their friends. I don't want anybody close to my family. He certainly doesn't anybody close to his family. This is not how I envisioned it ending. We always, since the beginning, we've always talked about riding off into the sunset together. The Universal Championship over one shoulder, the UFC title over the other, and me standing behind him, proclaiming to the world, the reigning defending. Paul, at this point in Brock Lesnar's career, do you think that he still needs Paul Heyman? Paul, do you want to take a minute? Come on. Do it. Just do it. Do your job. You spent a lot of time here. Hypothetically, if Brock Lesnar was not around, is there anybody else here that maybe you have your eye on as a potential client? Wouldn't that question be inconceivable a week ago? Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be? Sure. This whole situation is inconceivable to me. How can I, how can I, just go with somebody else? Just interchangeable? Okay, well, um, SummerSlam, this is my final question to you. Brock Lesnar, or Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, who's gonna walk away the winner? I've known Brock Lesnar for 16 years. I've been through every up and down that he has accomplished and that he has suffered, and I've never seen Brock Lesnar like this. I've never seen him more driven. I've never seen him more focused. And I know this isn't a word we like to use around here. I've never seen him more violent. Against this Brock Lesnar? Roman Reigns doesn't stand a chance. Of course, that was probably one of the best Paul Heyman promos ever. It was probably one of the best promos cut on Raw ever. Now, this feud is turning interesting, actually. I mean, there are so many different ways that WWE could go with this, albeit some of them bad, some of them good. Don't get me wrong. But this past Monday wasn't the best Raw. Given the fact that we've seen the better Raws just, just a couple weeks ago, really. But I'm stressing the fact that I am very excited for SummerSlam to see this, but also to see the SmackDown side of things. And we're going to move things straight into SmackDown right now.
First thing to talk about this week for Friday Night Smackdown from August 7th, 2018 is Daniel Bryan invading The Miz's exclusive interview live from the set of Miz and Mrs. Let's listen in. Why is it that once again you're not here tonight in this ring? Is it because you're afraid of Daniel Bryan possibly... Byron, Byron, Byron. This is why you'll never be anything more than a second-rate commentator. Are you at all concerned what might happen if, well, you can't back up all your talk from the last eight years? How much do you think Daniel Bryan has crossed my mind over the past eight years? I know he's been obsessing over me while working in his backyard garden, but me, I've been a little busy making films, building a family, I don't know, uh, basically performing in a WWE ring somewhere he wishes he could have been, becoming the biggest superstar in WWE. I should be representing this company as WWE champion. I don't need a match with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan needs a match with me. And I will happily embarrass Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam, finishing this once and for all. I've been carrying that subpar amateur on my back since day one, and I am done. I am done sharing the spotlight with someone who hasn't earned it. I am done listening to Daniel Bryan call me soft when I am here night after night. And for the past two years, he has been home crying in bed. I am so done with people like you and the WWE Universe saying that I'm hiding from Daniel Bryan. I am not hiding from anybody. And at SummerSlam, I will expose Daniel Bryan for what he is and always will be, and that is beneath me. I don't even know why I am talking to you. Why don't you go find that bearded bozo so we can hear from him? I don't know, he's probably, you know, backstage and catering, grazing on some kale, telling someone how hard he fought for his dreams and how proud he is of his wife and how great of a wrestler he is. But the fact is, Daniel Bryan is... Ah! Oh my God! Ah! It's Daniel Bryan! Daniel Bryan lost his mind. Of course... We, the fans, were treated to another beautiful promo on the part of The Miz there. Now, the match also has officially been made. Daniel Bryan will be facing The Miz at SummerSlam on the 19th. I don't know about you, but that is a very exciting prospect there. Now, we turn things over to AJ Styles, who had the chance in-ring to respond to Samoa Joe's comments from June or July the 31st. You know what? A lot goes on between these ropes. A lot of trash talking. A lot of manhood being tested. And uh, usually when that happens, it gets personal. And last week, Samoa Joe, you made it personal when you talked about my family. So here's the thing, I want to be one of the greatest WWE superstars for my family. Now hold on, that doesn't make me special, because we all make sacrifices as parents. That's what we do. That's what I am supposed to do as a father. That's what I'm supposed to do as a real man. 
You see, I'm away from home for over 200 days a year. And just like you guys, I miss Little League sports. I miss them. I miss my kids playing. I miss birthdays. I celebrated 18 years with my wife on August the 5th. But here's the truth. The reality is my wife is basically a single parent because I can't be there. That's the sacrifices that we make. We're supposed to give our children everything that we didn't have. There's Samoa Joe being shown That's watching what we this do. backstage. That's laughing, why you're here. Laughing at it with a black eye. Trust me, just like you, when your little one falls down and scrapes their knee and they're crying for their daddy or the mama, you want to be there to pick them up and wipe those tears from their face. Just like you, I want to be there. But that's what pisses me off the most, Joe. Because you know my wife. You know my kids. And long before, this was the house that A.J. Styles built. We both shared the cockroach-infested apartment complex and shared stale pizza together. And within a matter of minutes, you threw it all away. Over a decade of friendship, you threw it all away in a matter of seconds because you mentioned my family name. So here's the thing. I'm not going to let your hands get on this title. You know what? Screw that. At SummerSlam, Joe, you're not walking out the WWE champion. In fact, at SummerSlam, you'll be lucky to walk out at all, period. The champion's been backed into a corner, but to defend the family, a man can do superhuman things. It's exactly Samoa what Joe looking on. Now, here is the thing with this feud that intrigues me the most here before we get into our last SmackDown bit. This program hasn't been fancy at all. There have been, after it was announced that Joe was going to be facing Styles, Joe came out and cut a promo on SmackDown. Then this past week, AJ came out and cut a promo on SmackDown. But here's the thing. It's working. So whether that's to say that that's how that's that should be the formula for all the feuds going forward. No, but they need something electric in the main event next week as the go home show to really set fans up for it. Now, lastly, Randy Orton came back a couple weeks ago. And was beating on both Shinsuke and Daniel. Now, Shinsuke or Shinsuke and, a and uh, Jeff Hardy, rather. But Randy Orton cut a very interesting promo on SmackDown Live this past Tuesday. I made a vow to take out, to destroy every superstar that you put up on a pedestal. I made a vow to alter their lives, end their careers, and dismantle their precious identities 
that you love so much. I will become so violent that you will want to change the channel. But you won't change the channel because you people still believe. You believe in superheroes. You believe in hope. As a matter of fact, right now, you hope that your superhero, Jeff Hardy, is going to come down to the ring and save the day, but he won't. He won't because I erased the enigma. Jeff Hardy is somewhere lost right now, searching for his identity that I took last week. I erased the enigma, and I will erase every superstar that you people respect, which is another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't get the respect that I deserve from you. I don't get the respect that I deserve from everyone in the back. Let me back up for a minute and give everybody a history lesson on Randy Orton. When I started my career here, I was the youngest man in that locker room. I went on to become the youngest world heavyweight champion ever. I've won the world title 13 times. I have main evented WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, Survivor Series. I have won them all on multiple occasions, but you still don't respect me. Sometimes in life, when you're not given respect, you have to take it. Sometimes in life, you have to make choices. You've all made your choice. All of you have made your choice, and so have I. And that means that I will erase every superstar that you choose to believe in. Starting with Jeff Hardy, piece by piece by piece. But it's not my fault, you can't put this on me. This is on each and every one of you. Now you can call me what you want. Apex Predator. Viper, you can even call me the legend killer, but the only thing you need to refer to me as is the three most destructive letters in sports entertainment, and that is R.K. Randy Orton as a heel is probably the best Randy Orton that we have ever seen and that we ever will see. With that, though, we do have to take a quick commercial break. When I come back, I'm going to be doing a little G1 Climax sort of update, if you will. I haven't done one yet, and uh, I apologize for that, so I'm going to do a G1 Climax update as well. In the last segment, we do have an interview, not with Tito Santana, but with Torture Chamber Pro Wrestling's Drew Onyx. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 1079. 
Hey, this is Bob Backlund. You're looking at Wrestling With Ideas. With absolutely no shortage of great matches to watch, the G1 Climax 28 has definitely been one of the premier events of 2018 in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So without further ado, let's get into the G1 Climax update. In the first block match of the night, we had Tomohiro Ishii defeat Juice Robinson via pinfall. We had Zack Sabre Jr. defeat Hiroki Goto via pinfall. We had Toriyano defeating Kenny Omega, Tamatanga defeating Kota Ibushi, and Tetsuya Naito defeating Sonata all by pinfall. Coming up next, on Friday, August 10th, we've got Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazuchika Okada, Toki Makabe versus Michael Elgin, Jay White versus Evil, Yoshihashi versus Hangman Page. Bad Luck Fale versus Minoru Suzuki. Then in the B Block match on the 11th, the B Block match is on the 11th, the last night of the round robin for the tournament. We've got Juice Robinson versus Haruki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii versus Sonata, Toriyano versus Tamatanga, Omega versus Ibushi, and Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. Of course, with the finals coming at the Nippon Budokan on August 12th. Winner of the A block versus the winner of the B block. Now, both of these races here are incredibly neck and neck in the top five, in the top three for each one. In the A block, there is Hiroshi Tanahashi in first with 14 points, followed by a two way tie between Jay White and Kazuchika Okada, each with 12 points. Bottom of the table, we've got a two-way tie between Togi Makabe and Yoshihashi, each with four points. In the B block, we've got two two-way ties in the top four between Kenny Omega and Tatsuya Naito, each with 12 points, and then Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. with the 10 points. Now, I find it very interesting that Omega Ibushi and Naito and, Ju- uh, Naito and uh, Sabre Jr., are in the last two matches of the last night of block matches here. That is going to definitely play into who wins. We're going to take another quick commercial break. When we come back, my full-length interview with Drew Onyx. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ. former ECW official, and you're listening to Wrestling With Ideas.
Wrestling with Ideas on CKDJ 1079 Ottawa's new music. I am your host, Colin the Music Man Scully, and on the phone with me today, we've got Torture Chambers head trainer as well as producer and on-air talent. We've got Drew Onyx. Drew, how's it What's going? What's up, today? Scully? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so, you've got a lot coming up on your plate this uh, this month of August. You've got your show, Torch Chamber Pro Wrestling's show on August 25th. But before we get into talking about that, because there's a lot we can talk about with that, I wanted to talk a little bit more for the listeners who aren't too familiar with your wrestling upbringing. How? What was your wrestling upbringing like? Okay, you mean as as a child, like getting watching it, or like you mean watching as, it and as then watching it and, the and getting into the business as well? Okay, well, I've been a fan forever, as early as five or six years old. Um, my father had uh, a friend <clears throat> who was uh, uh, a pro wrestler, uh, Del Skinner. Uh, my background uh, culturally is from Barbados, and he was a fellow Barbadian, and uh, he was the first person that I got to see. So. Uh, in person, live. Uh, we were at a picnic. My, fa- you know, I saw this big built man. I'm like, who is he? And my dad's like, ah, he's a pro wrestler. And by the time my father tried to say a, set- a second sentence, I was already gone talking to this guy. And uh, I just remember asking him, you know, like what most kids. But even at six years old, I remember asking him, you know, is wrestling is wrestling you know real? And he answered me. He said, uh, who do you have more loyalty to? The person who pays you? or the fan that watches you. And I said, the person that pays you. And he's like, right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but you know what I mean? What is it? You know? So that always had me um, interested. I was like, okay. Uh, I love the, the whole entertainment of it. It was almost like real life comics. So I was watching from as early as, uh, like I said, six years old. And then, uh, you know, the first thing I was watching was international wrestling um, so it was like, uh, people like King Tonga, uh, Rick Martel, Tom Zink, uh, the road warriors would come in and then later on I would watch other local, uh, wrestlers in the area. So the Rougeos and, and whatnot. And then after that, uh, I had an opportunity to watch world wrestling, uh, Federation at the time. So, you know, it was, uh, on my television. Um, and then after that, um, I also had a chance to watch Stampede Wrestling in Calgary. So uh, I was always, always a big fan of it. And any chance I can get, I would even go get the magazines and whatnot and uh, try to see a local show. The local show, Stampede Wrestling, is probably one of the most storied federations that stayed in Canada over the course of mm-hmm. wrestling history and then, also, of course, being amalgamated into the WWF in the 80s. Now, in terms of your training, though, I'm seeing here online, you were training with Mark the Grizzly, who is still also wrestling on the scene there. What was training under him like? I was. It was good. I, I don't know if he's wrestling anymore. I know he's. You know, he still checks in from time to time, but um, uh, it was it was a good experience. It was my first experience. He was my first teacher. Um, he always taught uh, with a level of safety, and uh, it, it was just. Uh, he he just tried to make sure that you you learned the basic fundamentals of being a pro wrestler. So at that time, it was just uh, going there, wrestling maybe once or twice a week for the practice, and the practice consists of just working on Mac at first, and only when there was shows. Like he was the Quebec champion for a promotion there, and whenever the promotion uh, had a show, 
uh, we were allowed, you know, uh, to go there to watch the show, to set up the ring. And then after the show was finished, we were able to have like maybe two or three hours after the fact. So in between that, uh, the two practices a week and whenever um, the promotion would do two shows a, a week, sorry, two shows a month, it gave me an opportunity to, to train under. But he, he was very cool. He was very, uh, he, he liked me. He saw that I picked up quite well. And he would take me to other seminars that he was doing and have me assist. So I, I had enabled, uh, he gave me an opportunity to learn faster. That's, yeah, I'm j- I, I, remember wa- I remember watching a couple of your matches on YouTube. Is there any specific person or is there any one specific wrestler, maybe even more than just the one, that you sort of wanted to emulate almost as you were beginning your training before modeling yourself into your own style? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, it's funny, like I, later on I got some training at New Japan Pro Wrestling and uh, the one thing that you were taught was to try to find three um, wrestlers that not you necessarily wanted to duplicate or imitate, but just to take the essence. So even prior to that, um, I said, okay, well, I'm a certain body type, um, so I should watch guys like Bam Bam Bigelow. He was the influence. He's a big, agile guy that could move. So was Vader, uh, Van Vader. Um, and also Dr. Death, Steve Williams. He had a football background. I was playing football. Um, so those were the three that I wanted to to watch because they were big men that could do power moves, of course, but they could also move. And I was uh, luckily I was very agile for for my my, my height and weight. So I'd watch them personality wise. Uh, I was a big fan of uh, Randy Savage, Ric Flair. Um, Ric Flair, he just conducted himself as a champion, and he was a traveling champion. And he reminded me of all the boxing heavyweight champions. I was, I'm a big fan of boxing, and uh, I like to read boxing history. And I always used to see all the the champions dressed in fine suits, uh, and 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 traveling wherever they had to to. To, uh, to you know, to fight all all challengers coming. So, uh, I, I I definitely try to <laughs> emulate the fact that Rick always put over his opponents in the match in order for people to come and see the draw, you know, and to see to see the event. Uh, Randy Savage was the you know you never know what he was going to do inside the ring, you know, and uh, he was oblivious on the fact that he was a bad guy and he always acted like. You know, he always did the right thing, and the right thing was always for him. So I would watch that. Um, also, I was a big fan of Dynamite Kid and Bret Hart. So uh, I've always gravitated to the technical uh, rule breakers. Uh, Roddy Piper, also great talker and just hated, you know. So those are the people that I would watch. I'd either like to watch the um, big men who can move, uh, the technical rule breakers, or the guys with crazy charisma. The guys that created charisma, that, especially with the Roddy Piper and the Randy Savage, I can definitely see. And in watching your work, I can see the influence there. Now, you mentioned back at the beginning of uh, your answer to that question that you had trained with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, that, of course, was at the New Japan Dojo in L.A. back in October of 2005. Now, some notable names that are on the scene right now were Fergal, De- Fergal Devitt, who, of course, WWE fans will know as Finn Balor, as well as Rocky Romero, also the manager, as well as occasional wrestler of Rapongi 3K. What was, what was, uh, talk a little bit more about the New Japan Dojo training. Well, there's actually, there's a lot more. Uh, Anderson, who's in the WWE right now, 
uh, he was there also, and there was also who's the first? Um, you know that um, uh, the first uh, WWE. You know when the rookie has an opportunity to get a contract. I can't remember right. the name of it right now. Um, uh, I can't remember that. Anyways, whatever. There, there's quite a few more other than that. Uh, Alex Kozlov was there. Um, anyways, but the experience was was. Is an eye opener. He had the opportunity uh, to be trained uh, by some of the best people. Right. Uh, it was grueling. Um, trained five days a week, at minimum, um, and every day we had to do uh, close to a thousand five hundred push-ups, a thousand five hundred Hindu squats, or free squats, a thousand five hundred crunches. Uh, two-hour practices, and then after that, that would be supplemented with later on, like in a few hours, you had either Muay Thai training, uh, Muay Thai kickboxing, or MMA training, or grappling, or yoga. So, And then later on uh, in the evening, uh, you had the opportunity to learn some uh, lucha. So it, it was it was a great experience, uh, and, and it was a, lot, a high level of uh um, competition as far as everybody wanted to better themselves, everybody wanted to improve, everybody wanted to get a spot or a potential chance to have a contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it was really, it was really good. It, it, it taught me a lot. Right. Uh, I think um, well, it was Tough Enough that you were trying to refer to at the beginning. That, right? yeah. I just couldn't remember. But the first Tough Enough winner was uh, he was there training there too. That, of course, uh, the, the one who went up, uh, the, the gentleman who went up against Angle. Um, Daniel Pewter. Yeah, that's it, Daniel Pewter. So yeah. he was there too. And yeah, so it's was, it was quite a few people, man. Yeah, I'm just. A lot of the people that came out of, like, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo in LA, you could go on for hours and hours, but that's not what our fans want to hear. Our fans want to hear about the upcoming show, Torture Chamber Pro Wrestling Show, August 25th. So, just before we get into the show specifically, talk a little bit about what being the Torture Chamber's head trainer has been like. It's been a lot of fun. I've been uh, wrestling for 20 years. I've been training uh, wrestlers to pursue their dreams for the last 14. Uh, and it's a great experience. Uh, I, get a, I get to show and teach, uh, you know, the art of uh, pro wrestling based on my experience and my background. I, I, my two key factors at torture chambers to educate and to motivate, um, and, and, and give people an opportunity. You know I mean? There's a small percentage of people that have a chance to have a, you know, to be, to become a pro wrestler or want to be a pro wrestler. You know, so many times fans live vicariously through pro wrestlers because they don't have an opportunity. So if I have uh, a person uh, who wants to be a pro wrestler and whether he has the you know ability or the talent or the passion, then it's up to me to uh, to, to try to bring that out and, and give them a chance to fulfill any dreams that they have. Um, yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I trained more than like, I, I would say at least 300 or 400 people have walked through uh, the doors of the chamber. Um, I've, I put together six, seven uh, tours uh, to Ireland, which gave the opportunity for students from our school to, to go and wrestle internationally. Um, I just sent uh, one gentleman uh, to a WWE tryout last February at the Performance Center. I have another three that I am helping right now to get themselves in a position to do the same. So I've been very blessed. 
Yeah, so that gentleman, I am I allowed to talk about him? Yeah, of course. A bit, yeah, okay. Him, so he is actually in the main event. Of course, he's in the main event of this show on the 25th. And for our listeners who don't know, this gentleman I actually interviewed a couple weeks back, the Dominator Dom Boulanger. He is yeah. in the he is in a match for the NWA British Commonwealth Championship. He's defending it against someone else that I've interviewed, Stefan Paulson. Now, for those of our listeners, Drew, who don't know that much of the styles of both Boulanger and Paulson, what can the fans that are at this show expect from this match here? Well, uh, first of all, these are two studs, man. These guys can go at it. They're fighters. They're competitive. Uh, They want it all. They want to prove themselves. Um, Both of them, respectively, have been wrestling for a few years now, and uh, what you can expect, Don Boulanger, he is the current and defending uh, British Commonwealth champion. Uh, he He's a combination of uh, power and agility. He's a big, strong wrestler that can move and can do a lot of things that most big guys can't do. And then Stefan Paulson, uh, amazing striker. He has an MMA background. He's just tenacious. He, he just doesn't stop. Once he starts uh, wrestling, he, he just tries to wear you down, and it was cool. What's ironic is both of them had their first matches uh, ever with me, and they did extremely well. So uh, that alone for the main event, I know that these guys are going to try to prove something to each other, prove to themselves, and prove to everybody uh, who's going to be watching that they are the future of wrestling. So it's going to be a good match. Now, Dom also holds the title of the British Commonwealth Championship that you held. For a while, I believe it was you were a three-time British Commonwealth champion. One of them, the last, uh, the the third reign lasted 820 days. Now yeah. that reign there is one of the more historic reigns of the decade of the closer decade. Here, is there anything that you think that you can think maybe challenging Dom in the future? Assuming that he retains the title on the 25th, would you like to challenge Dom for the title? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, that title is really prestigious. It's almost like a world title. Um, and a small correction, it's four times I've ha- held that title. And um, the reason why I would want uh, to have that title and the reason why he's going to fight so hard uh, to keep it is that it's been all over the world. It's been defended in about four or five different countries. Um, you know, uh, Fergal Devitt has had that title twice. Uh, Carl Anderson has had that t- uh, title um, Adam Pierce, a former NW world champion, has had that title. So there's a lot of prestige that is attached to that title. And like I said, that title has been all over. Uh, it's been defended in New Japan ring. It's been defended in the TNA uh, ring. It's, it's, you know, it's been defended in Europe, in the States. So, you know, of course, I, I always pictured myself uh, prior to that to be a five-time champion. I never had that opportunity. I'm currently the... Uh, uh, the Canadian uh, tag team uh, champion with my uh, partner, Mike Marston, the Bone Collectors. So, yeah, most definitely, if there's an opportunity, I would definitely try to, to cr- try to get that belt one more time. But uh, Dom, Dom knows the history, and Dom, you know, has been trained to, to not only be a, a great wrestler, but to become a great champion. And so he has his, you know, he has his uh, eyes set on, on keeping that around his waist. So we'll see what happens. Right now. British Commonwealth Championship is not the only title on the line coming up on the 25th. As you mentioned before, you are one half of the Canadian Tag Team Champions. As part of the Bone Collectors alongside Mark, Mike Marston, you guys are going to be defending 
that Canadian Tag Team Championship against Wes Dawson and Caden Rose. Now, what can fans expect from this match here? Uh, a beating. We are going to beat this guy up so bad. They got. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to explain a few things. First, first of all, it's not a title shot. They want a title shot, so now they're trying to, you know, Conor McGregor it. You know what I mean? Talk themselves, fake it till they make it until they can get into a position for a title shot. They haven't earned any, 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 any shots yet. They're not in the top five, but uh, they've been running their mouths. I don't know if you had a chance to to watch some of the promos, but uh, they've been outrageous on their part. So uh, I know that they're going to want to try to prove themselves that they are worthy to be in contention and. Uh, Mike and my only agenda is just to beat these guys up. So if you guys, anybody who's listening, anybody who's in the area, even if you're not in the area, come check out the show because, uh, you know, Mike said he he promises an ass whipping. <laughs> That's my bad. I, I, I misread that there. Now, no, 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 but no, you didn't misread it. On the, on, the, uh, on the poster, it said the NWA champions. So people automatically assumed, that there's going to be a title shot. So, but, so the match, uh, so so the tag know, team titles aren't on the line on the 25th. Uh, well, you know what? We got two weeks. We're going to see what happens. If they're going to shoot their mouths off to make it worthwhile for us to All put right. the titles on the line to make sure they actually show up, and we might do that. But uh, right now, the titles are not on the line. But who knows? Who knows? <laughs> depends on what they're depends on what they're saying there. Now well, there there is another championship match that is confirmed that is on the card as a championship match this of course being the commonwealth cruiserweight championship that uh current champion kevin bryan versus lapulga victor what are these again for those listeners who don't exactly know too much about torture chamber first of all you got to go check out their show on the 25th second of all what can the guys what can the uh, listeners expect from watching this match between kevin bryan and victor well, it's going to be a very good match. They have fought in the past. Um, they they don't like each other. Uh, Victor uh, is, a, is a prospect from Spain. Uh, he's been wrestling for the last eight years around the world. He's been to zero one. He's been wrestling in Europe, uh, in England, um, Spain, of course. And now he's in Canada. This is his second tour uh, of, of Canada right now. High flying uh, ability. He's been training really hard. Uh, there's some. There's an opportunity that he's going to be having uh, real soon in November, so he's getting ready and prepared for that. So he's on top of his game. Uh, Kevin is, you know, his nickname is the Intelligent Hoodlum. He will cheat. And what's sad is that he doesn't have to. He has a great technical. He's he's a technical rule breaker, and he's an opportunist. And uh, he had a stellar. Uh, he had a stellar last year. He did very well. And he got himself in a position, and he's the first cruiserweight champion. This is going to be his first defense. And uh, I know that he will do everything possible to make sure that uh, he keeps the belt. Uh, currently, we have a lot of international talent that is at Chamber right now, and we have a lot of good uh, cruiserweights that we are training. So I really believe that the, the, the cruiserweight division is going to be uh, really good. The one thing that uh, I like about our Torture Chamber shows is that we have no secondary belts. You know what I mean? We have, uh, you know, like the tie team. There's the tie team division. There's the heavyweight division, and there's a cruiserweight division. So, you know, what I mean, there's gonna be some matches like uh, the following September. If Kevin keeps the uh, title, he has a another title shot. Uh, sorry, a title defense against uh, Ireland's Adam Ace, and they're gonna be in the main event. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be. I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to that match. 
that match, this entire card is going to be insane. Now, we are going to bring things in terms of the interview to a close here. I'm going to give you this opportunity to tell the fans exactly what they're going to be seeing on the 25th. Well, you're going to see some action. You're going to see some entertainment. You're going to see uh, fans enjoying themselves. Uh, we we have a great and strong fan base. We we run local shows at our dojos every Sunday once a month, and it, it creates a fan following. Um, you're going to be seeing some of uh, Quebec's uh, top talent at the show. We have uh, Suicide uh, Jesus, Justin Turnbull. He's going to be performing. Uh, you're going to see a uh, ladies' match, Flo Riley, who uh, just came back from a tour from uh, France and Spain a few months back. Uh, and she's getting ready for her WWE tryout. She's going to be there. Uh, of course, like I said, uh, you know, Bone Collectors will be there. Um, and then we have a few prospects. We have two or three uh, new uh, wrestlers that just graduated from the school. They'll be making their debuts. So it's going to be it's going to be uh, fun filled. It's going to be family orientated, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Right. Saturday, August twenty fifth, the Super Gala de Lutte, samedi 25 ou 2018-19h30. 7:30. Show starts. Loisir Saint Martyr Canadien. In Montreal, Drew Onyx, thank you so much for calling into the show. Not a problem. If I can just drop something very quick. If anybody wants to be a pro wrestler and uh, they are in the Montreal area, even if you're in Ottawa, we have a few, uh, we have about five Ottawa uh, trainees right now. Um, If you want information, you can check our Facebook. Uh, It's facebook.com slash tcprodojo.com. We're on uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and if you can't find that, just look look up for Drewonix. And uh, if you want any information, we will give you everything that you need to be able to make that steps to fulfill your dreams as a pro wrestler. Awesome. I'm actually I'm I'm considering it. If I'm being honest with you, I'm considering it. But uh, we'll see what the future holds with this. Drew, Come thanks for calling. Out. Yeah. Well, I'm coming to the show on Saturday. I'm coming. I'm actually going to be there on the 25th. Right, cool, so. man. I'll see you there. I'll see everybody else there. Drew, thanks, man. Have a good one. All right, thank you. Inside the CKDJ studios, right here for Wrestling with Ideas on CKDJ 1079 Ottawa's New Music. This is the show that challenges your thoughts and wrestles with ideas. I am the music man, Colin Scully. Welcome to Volume 4 of The Doctor's Orders with your commentator of choice and your host, Dr. Bob. Thank you, Skulky. So, uh, so, so far, uh, I've had a lot of great feedback. Thank you, fans. It's been so quick. I mean, four volumes or three volumes down, the fourth one right now already. It feels like just yesterday we started. But uh, the match I want to bring up is a funny, quirky one. Uh, again, I want to bring you some interesting stuff, some stuff you'll enjoy searching out. And, uh, you know, not the a typical matchup that you will rewatch, but uh, one that I think is definitely kind of 
stuck in my brain for how kind of weird, zany, funny it was. July 12th, 1998, WCW Bash at the Beach. Now, I am a huge fan of Eddie Guerrero, as is probably, uh, hopefully, everybody listening to this. He's absolutely one of the best all around, if not the best, in terms of the full package. Um, we had the chance, a lot of uh, my friends and I, and um, uh, to see Chavo Guerrero actually live at a previous Fighting Back here in Ottawa. Um, of course, Fighting Back happening August uh, uh, 29th, I think. Oh, we might be past it already. Yeah, no, 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 no. Depending on when we get. Okay, cool. No, this will be. Yeah, okay. Pulling out the curtain a little bit there. But yeah. August of 2018 here. More information to come. Uh, anyways, previously, uh, Chavo's at Fighting Back. And so this match is one that I always remember with a f- certain other finishes. Specifically remember it because of how just I'd never seen anything like that before. So Chavo and Eddie at this point in July, or in 1998 rather, have been having a feud. Um, Eddie actually plays crazy enough, the straight man here where Chavo plays crazy. Uh, And Chavo comes in, and this was when he did the whole, Eddie is my favorite wrestler, he's sort of latching on, Eddie wants nothing to do with him, very unlike the Guerrero, uh, uh, the Los Guerreros that we see later on where Mm -hmm. they're on the same page. But Chavo has just gone crazy at this point. Not a a vicious, angry crazy, but more of a weird, zany crazy uh, with kind of vicious streaks. So it's it's something that was uh, very, uh, very interesting to watch. And uh, Chavo and Eddie on this pay-per-view have been building up for a, uh, a hair match, um, mm-hmm. Loser having his hair shaved. Uh, knowing kind of going into this, you kind of had the sense that Eddie was all around much better in every facet than Chavo, but Chavo was trying to break out of his shadow, and this kind of drove him crazy as well. Before this match, due to something on Nitro that I can't really remember at this point, Eddie uh, Chavo and Stevie Ray had a match set up. Stevie Ray, of course, the brother of Booker mm-hmm. T, part of Harlem Heat. Chavo comes into this pay-per-view really pushing that whole crazy thing. He comes in with a super soaker. He has a floaty around his waist because of the bash at the beach type uh, idea. And he knows that he has to have this match. Eddie Guerrero earlier in the night has insinuated that Stevie's gonna, you know, wipe the floor with him because he's a much bigger, uh, more established wrestler at this point than Chavo, uh, being part of the world-famous Harlem Heat. So Eddie thinks he's gonna have an easy way of this, just you know, pick up where he Chavo loses and then and then just kind of wipe the floor of him. So Chavo, in his insane sort of crazy mind here, says, "Okay, I'm gonna do something um, even weirder to kind of throw Eddie off," and he goes in for a handshake. With uh, Stevie, Stevie accepts it. They go, and he submits right away based off the uh, handshake because the next match afterwards is going to be Eddie. So even though you maybe thought I was going to talk about Eddie versus Chavo, I'm talking about Chavo versus Stevie Ray from Bash at the Beach. Stevie Ray gets the win, is very angry that you know he hasn't had a chance to fight. Chavo is in, in, you know, just in crazy girl, and Eddie is incensed that they have to have the match. Afterwards, Eddie, of course, beats him, shaves Chavo's head. But wait, Chavo takes the razor himself, shaves his own head with a joyous glee that further pushes his little crazy. And uh, I think the whole angle um, with Chavo and Eddie, Eddie really propelled Chavo um, in his career and uh, is one that I really remember. WCW has had some kind of crazy ideas, and I, I love this whole angle, love the whole matchup that they had afterwards and Eddie Chavo 
um, was there uh, right before. Sorry, uh, Chavo and Stevie Ray was there before. Um, also on the card at Bash of the Beach, not going to go through all that stuff, but there was Carl Malone, Dennis Rodman, NFL's Kevin Green. It was in a page where WCW wanted to bring in all these celebrities. And, uh, yeah, the main event was actually Hogan and Rodman. Uh, Rodzilla the Worm <laughs> versus DDP and Carl Malone and a tag team match that actually also, went also w- um, ringside for the team of Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman was the Disciple now people the booty man the, the fans fans of earlier WWF circa 1985 through to 1990 might know the Disciple as Brutus the Barber Beefcake he also wrestled in the BCW uh, as a Zodiac. And if you yeah. remember the Booty Man gimmick, do you remember his finisher? It was the high knee. Yeah. The high knee. Yeah. As a big running upper knee. And uh, yeah, actually the uh, WCW uh, NBA match uh, ended up being over 20 minutes, which was uh, phenomenal. I think, uh, <laughs> I think sometimes the main events of WCW were... Very questionable, but you know they drew over ten thousand people, and uh, I had fun with the, yeah. at least the Chavo and, and Eddie stuff on that one. Yeah. Go watch all of Bash of Beast Beach. Uh, there's some good stuff on there as well, and uh, definitely watch Chavo versus Stevie Ray and uh, by proxy Chavo versus Eddie. Thanks everybody. This has been a volume four of the Doctor's Order. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know online if you're uh, looking forward to seeing any match reviews. Uh, if not, I'm gonna keep on going with all these crazy ones, and uh, hopefully keep on enjoying it. Thanks, Colin uh, Colin Gibson. I appreciate it. You have just listened to the greatest wrestling show on the planet. If you want to listen to older episodes of the show, including full interviews, make sure you check out Wrestling With Ideas on Podbean and on the Podbean app, or listen to us on our new SoundCloud page. We can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and many more. Make sure you keep on tuning in every Thursday at 6 p.m. to wrestle with ideas.